Hello, everybody. Josh Dabers here, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Today, it is our final team preview of 2022. Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World joins us to preview the Jayhawks for 2022. A very intriguing team. Um, let's get right into this, Matt. Let's get no intro. We'll just go right into this. So, this team, I've already bet the over on the win total, two and a half. Uh, I've I, I decided to go to go at the over. I think there's some optimism here. Uh, just off the bat, do you think they finished last in the Big 12 again? Oh, man. That's, uh, you, you know, it's one of those things where anybody that says no, I don't blame them, but it's really hard to say no, I think, until they, A, do it, and until, B, we see some other teams sort of start to fall down. I mean, that that's always been the problem with, with Kansas football, among many, many other things. You know, they've had their coaching issues. They've had their talent issues. They've had their – um, you know, obviously turnover has been a big problem too, but it's always been in order to climb out of the cellar, you have to pass people and, and all those other people continue to get better around them. You know, um, there've been coaching changes, Texas tech, West Virginia, you know, some of those lower tier type teams have had coaching changes as well, but those haven't been nearly as, uh, dramatic and and difficult as all of the coaching changes that Kansas has had. So I think when anybody does a poll preseason big 12 poll, whether it's a media member or a coach, even for the coaches poll, I mean, they start there, they put, well, Kansas 10 and let's go from there. And, and so I, I think that anybody that says, no, they won't finish last this year. There's, there's validation. There's reason there, there are things that make sense behind that point of view. But I think if you're putting money on it or you're putting your reputation on it or your credibility on it, I, I, th I think you have to pick them there. And then if you're wrong, you're wrong. But, right. um, yeah, I, I don't see him finishing out of uh, out of 10th place this year. And having said that, I think they're a much better team. I think they are improving. I think they are headed in the right direction. It just has to take time. And uh, they haven't had enough time yet. So I, I've got them 10th. Uh, I've, I've wavered on that under, um, or the over, like you're talking about, um, two and a half. Yeah. Is the number. It's a perfect number because it's really hard. And that's what those numbers yeah. would be. Um, if it were two, it would be, I'd take the over no matter what. And, and you would, you know, feel good about pushing it too, but to, to have to get that third win is, um, it's tough, man, because here's, here's my validation and justification for that the Duke number is, is three and a half and they play Duke in week four. And so all of the Duke fans and, and analysts and, and people that cover that program, when they start looking at this exact same question from the blue devils perspective, it's okay. They're going to go three, three and a half over under, you're going to go over. And then the people that are arguing the over for Duke say, okay, Kansas is a win. You know, and it's, right. it's exactly. not even a debate, right? It's just chalk that one up and where else are, are the automatics? So when you combine that with the fact that Vegas, you know, doesn't miss often, um, it makes me wonder if if the under is the right move. So I haven't made my official prediction yet or anything crazy like that, but um, I think I'm probably leaning toward two. And mm. uh, having said that, I think they could get four and, and yeah. that wouldn't shock me. So um that's why they call it gambling it's a gamble i wish you luck so you know the, the one thing about lance lightpole that's really it's very interesting is that 
you know, he goes and, and takes this job. Like he is, he, you know, in a difficult time too, right. Takes the job in at May and, right. and misses all the spring practice, whatever. I mean, that is somebody who has to want to go and take that job. And we heard so much about all the cultural changes, like, you know, the focus on nutrition, right. And the organization and like, just, just stuff on a day-to-day basis to get these guys together. And I think that you saw it kind of come to fruition at the end of last year when they beat Texas. And I, not just that, they were really close in games, West Virginia and TCU. So that you, you kind of saw, I didn't think when them last year was playing four full quarters, right? Like what is the, what is the impact here in year number two? Really? It's kind of, almost kind of like year one and a half in some ways, but like, yeah. what is the impact that he has had? Just what do you notice from watching the Les miles group, the David Beatty group, and then you watch a Lance Leipold group, what is the tangible difference that you see? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're talking about the players or the fans. There's a real belief that, that they look out there and they see a guy who knows what he's doing and knows how to do this and isn't overwhelmed by the challenge, isn't, um, you know, trying to do gimmicky stuff to, to expedite it. I mean, Lance Leipold's been a winner everywhere he's been. He's built things everywhere he's been, and he's built it the old-fashioned way through time, hard work, and effort. And he took this job knowing that's what it was going to take. I mean, you know, there's no way he thought in year two, we'll go to a bowl game. I mean, it's just not how it works. And and it's not reasonable to think that really anywhere, but especially at Kansas when you're digging out of such a hole. So um, yeah, I remember talking to him when he first got the job and and asking him, man, you must just be a glutton for punishment. I mean, to want to (laughs) want to continue to, to, build these things because he's done it everywhere he's been and and you would think one time a guy would want to just sit there and enjoy it right and and you know he had buffalo going a little bit he could have he could have stayed there and and rode that for a few more years and and enjoyed the success of what he built um but these challenges really appealed to him Uh, he's wired that way you know obviously the exposure and and the raise that he got in terms of pay i mean you know those things attracted him to Kansas too. There's no question about it. And I think he is also wired in a way that says, yeah, it's cool. I did what I did at Whitewater. Um, It's really cool that we got Buffalo going, but let's prove it in the big 12. Let's show the world and ourselves that, that uh, what we do and how we do it works at the highest level. And uh, I, I think that was a big part of it. So, you know, that confidence and, um, commitment to the process and 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 to grinding and and to taking the necessary steps to really build something of substance i think those are the most tangible things you see that's what changes the culture albeit slowly but but it does it does change it and and these guys have bought in they feel it from him they they realize that, you know, he's not asking them to do anything that he's not doing too. Now, you know, that doesn't mean he's trying to go out and run four, three forties or anything like that, but he's grinding. The guy doesn't sleep. The guy's working constantly on, on everything. I mean, ways you can improve the program, ways you can help fundraise for, for upgrades and facilities, um, you know, new, new schemes that you can incorporate that take advantage of your personnel, uh, ways you can work with your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator to, to think just outside the box enough to give yourselves a little better chance. I mean, like I said, he doesn't sleep and, and he committed to this thing. And, and so I, I think that there've been a lot of guys here in the past and I've been here for every one of them um, that, that talked a pretty good game about changing the culture and, 
and you know, hey, we want to do this and we need to do that and all this stuff. And and it, it was it sounded good, but the commitment to it always um, was a little bit lacking. And and that's because it's a darn freaking hard job. I mean, yeah. it, it can suck the life out of you. It really can. And and so you have to be wired just a little differently to be willing and able to stick in there and 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 grind through it. And uh, Lance is that guy and, and he's done that so far. And, and that's why the arrows pointed up. That's why guys like you are, are looking at this thing with some optimism and seeing, mm-hmm. yeah, over makes sense. You know, over's never made sense at Kansas. The over has never, not only a bunch of years. And so now it does. And, and I understand it. I think, I think people are tapping into that and, and, and it's correct, but you know, it's still for me and especially being so close to it, I do think you know, I need to see it actually play out before I think that they've arrived, you know, and, and I think that's what this year will be. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that's what this year will be. I think it'll be, look, we're better. The talent's upgraded. We, we're in more games. We're more competitive. I mean, this is their perspective, them saying this, right. And then next year you go into the year with, with some real hope and, and maybe you can start talking those things that, that people don't always talk about around here. Like, winning five or six games and right. full eligible and things like that. But I think it's a year early if you start doing it now, but, but I know you're not doing that. You're looking for three. Today's locked on big 12 podcast is brought to you by the folks at bet online and BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to get in on all the sports action you want. You'll find odds from basketball, football, baseball, hockey, esports, golf, Soccer, MMA, boxing, they've got it all there at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. They even have odds for stuff like political races, you know, who will be the next president, who will be the Republican nominee, the Democratic nominee, all that kind of stuff uh, you guys can bet on. And once again, not a political statement, just saying that's how much odds they have at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. So go there today. It's free to sign up. When you guys do, check out that sleek interface and Place a few shekels on a uh, Big 12 team, whatever you guys want to do. You guys can get a bet online and betonline.net today. Bet online, that's where the game starts. So. Right. Well, that, that's how it means. I think we hear so much about these coaches being, pro- you know, it's all about our process. Kids buying into our process. Like, this is this is an actual process that feels tangible and something you can watch. And I will say this to your talent point, because I think this is going to be a big focal point for them running the football. This is going to be a team. I mean, in terms of backfields, like they actually have one of the, I would say one of the three best backfields in the big 12. No doubt. Devin Neal is really good. They had Kai Thomas, who's also really good. And I think the fact that they now have two guys that they can run at you. And Oh yeah. Add the fact that Jalen Daniels is pretty, you know, pretty decent runner himself. Um, The strategy for them is probably to play keep away, right? Like this is probably the best thing. And that Oklahoma game, that's what they did really, uh, I guess, keep away and take away is probably the right way to do it. Right. If they can limit possessions in games and force a couple turnovers, like they have a really good chance. And I thought that's what the OU game kind of showed, right? They did a good job of kind of working the clock in that game and made OU pay on that awful Caleb Williams interception. Obviously, Caleb Williams helps win, win that game. But still, like that that was kind of a, a game plan that you could see working. And it's going to be for them about running the football this year. I mean, am I, am I off there or is that kind of the, the formula on offense? No, that's it. I mean, you know, they want to be multiple, like every offensive yeah. coordinator will say, sure and, 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 and they're capable. I mean, they have some decent receivers that can make plays and, and Jalen's got a big arm and, and, you know, if they keep 
defense is off balance, they can use the passing game plenty. And and it can be a controlled type of passing game that helps with what you're saying, you know, time of possession and and keep the football and 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 dominate the clock and things like that. I I think that their passing game can still be that. Um, but yeah, I mean their strength is their running back room. It's it's their number one strength. I don't think you're crazy to say it's one of the three best in in uh, in the Big Twelve by any means. Um, you know, one of the guys who you didn't even mention, a guy named Daniel Highshaw. He's from Oklahoma and and he was hurt last year, but. Uh, all signs say so far he's had maybe the best camp of anybody on their entire roster. So there's a third guy um, who would have played a lot last year if he didn't get hurt. And he kind of had a, a an injury that was lingering all season and, and kept him from. And keeping guys fresh is going to be huge for them. I mean, that's yeah, the one thing last year, Devin Neal was pretty, I mean, you know, they, they had to ride him. They had to ride yeah, him. They can keep yeah. guys fresh this year. It sounds like. No question. I mean, and, and, and those guys are all, um, team first, you know, Devin Neal's not trying to win the Heisman. Kai Thomas not right. trying to win the Heisman. They, they're trying to win football games. And, mm. and uh, you know, if that means they each get seven, eight, ten carries a game and, and they're not the guy, then if they find a way to win or even in the game, they'll they'll be more than happy with that. Of course, anybody wants to be the, the guy, right, and, and rack up stats. But these guys are so hungry for wins and success that – They'll do most of them anyway, from what I've seen this this camp. I mean, most of them are willing to do whatever that means. And that includes Jalen Daniels. I mean, he said it last year um, when that was a more of a quarterback competition. He said, if if me being the quarterback is not the right thing for this team, then I don't want to be the quarterback. And, you know, he wasn't. Last year, it, it took an injury for him to get in there. And, and uh, Jason Bean it was the starter most of the season last year. And, and he's back and better than ever, they say. So, their quarterback position is solidified all of a sudden, and and uh, they're just full of guys with that mentality. But yeah, the running game is is critical. Um, you know, they've they've got more than just those three too. I mean, they've got Tory Lachlan, who's been around here a long time, and uh, a big physical guy who can run the football and and play some different styles and has some versatility to him. And had moments last year where he looked really good. Um, another transfer, a Nebraska transfer, uh, Morrison is another guy. I mean, you know, Nebraska hasn't been Nebraska lately, but that that's at least big 10 football and the guys got experience and, and is another guy you can, you can give the rock to if you need to make sure you're keeping guys fresh. So, uh, yeah, they're loaded there and, and their O-line is, is, um, they lost the only one starter from last season and. And it really showed improvement throughout the, the the second half of that season. It didn't start great, but how could it? Like you mentioned, he missed yeah. spring football. It's a brand-new system, brand-new coaching staff. Um, they did show improvement, and they're pretty steady. You know, they're not going to wow you. It's not a line that, that, that you know, you see at Alabama that just makes you go, holy cow, those are, you know, first-round draft picks. I mean, it's, it's, it's more of a grinder type of line, but obviously they're not going to run the football and have success there without them. So I think the fact that they're – they're uh, four guys back from last year's starting group. That That's so big, maybe as big as the talent at the running back position because those guys know each other. They understand the system. They're comfortable in it, and, you know, they, they believe in what's going on too. So, um, the, yeah, the offense has, has enough to, to be competitive. Um, the defensive side of the ball has a couple more questions, I think, but there's – there's been upgrades there uh, talent wise too. And, and some returners mixed in there as well. So it's uh, it's, yeah, I think the roster, uh, look, it's, it's not about, are they better? They are better. I'll tell yeah. you that right now. And, and I think anybody would, um, 
this is a much better football team, and I think it will show up. It's just a matter of are they that much better to where it shows up in wins and losses, and I, I don't know if they're there yet. So on, on the defensive side of things, I mean, they're going to return seven starters, looks like, seven, eight guys who, who started. But, I mean, the thing is, they were so bad last year on right. defense. Right. You know, I, I've asked this question to essentially everybody that, um, you know, I've done these previews with. There's always a certain group of a, a lot of these teams, it feels like, they were, where they're returning a lot of guys. But it wasn't necessarily a productive group the prior year. So, like, does, you know, how many of them get better? Do they get better together? Do some of them individually take steps? Some of them not, you know, that's the big question, right? And for a defense that allowed, you know, 42 points per game, uh, they were 129th against the rush. 81st against the pass and 126th total. What's Brian Borland doing to to get this group, you know, into gear? What what are they? Because this is a line of scrimmage league uh, right now. The big the yeah. big 12 is. I know everybody likes to think it's a, you know, spread it out and pass it around. It's a joke everybody makes, but it's not. It hasn't been like that for a minute now. Right. So what are they doing on the defense side of things to to you know try and rectify what happened last year. Yeah, it's transfers. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? And a lot of the transfers are in the secondary and at the linebacker position. Um, you know, they've got a guy who started all 13 games at Purdue last year coming in as a safety. They've got a cornerback who's probably going to start who played at Michigan State last year. I mean, those, you know, and, and look, like everybody wants to talk transfers, and, and we've seen it here going back to Charlie Weiss when he brought in, you know, three, four Notre Dame guys with him. You know, that's great. That sounds cool. Like a five-star quarterback from Notre Dame coming to Kansas. But, you know, their time had been done at Notre Dame. They weren't playing. And so you take it with a grain of salt because there's a reason guys are leaving places, right? But but I think the guys they brought in, whether they were, you know, uh, still wanted at their old places or not, I think, you know, I think they are better than they had last year. And and, and they've also played enough big-time football that, that they can come in here and as long as that chemistry can develop and they can – you know, pick up the system and things like that, which, you know, that's, that's what they do. This is, this is easy stuff for these guys. They, they, they live and breathe it, you know? So um, I, I think that's the biggest thing. The transfer portal has been good to them. I mean, they, they've got a top 25 transfer class and, and uh, that's really helped in the secondary. It's really helped at the linebacker spot, but it's helped up front too. I mean, the D line, um, you know, they've got Lonnie Phelps is a, is a defensive end pass rushing kind of guy, Lorenzo McCaskill, another big body up there who can, who can do some things for them, uh, especially getting after the passer. Because, look, as you mentioned, it wasn't a great defense, and they lost maybe their best defensive player. I'd say probably it's Kenny Logan who is back. Yeah, Logan, yeah. um, you know, I think Kenny's game's terrific, and I think, you know, he, he led Power 5 in, in tackles last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year he doesn't want to do that. You know, he wants more yeah, interceptions, no. and he doesn't want to be a safety who has to clean up every play, right? Hopefully – uh, linebackers and D linemen in front of him will take care of that. And he can just do what safeties do, you know, and, and he's willing to do whatever, but um, so he's probably their best player, but their other one from last season, you know, uh, Kyron Johnson was a draft pick and, and he's gone. So it was really important for them to uh, replace Kyron and, and his pass rush ability. And, and they did it with, with bigger, even more physical bodies. Um, and, and then the linebacker room is completely been overhauled almost uh i mean rich miller gavin potter they're both back from last year but i think they 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 will play but i think you know counting on them and 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 having them be sort of the faces in there is is a thing of the past i mean they're rotation guys they may start i don't know but you know they're, they're rotation guys that that aren't going to have to you know play 60 70 80 snaps by any means you know they're, they're going to 
they're going to play a, a much smaller role. And hopefully, obviously, for the Kansas perspective, hopefully that will make them more effective and, and make the others more effective, too. But but they've upgraded there. And, and it's really the, the big question on defense for me is, is just uh, have they had enough time and how quickly does all that come together? Because it's great to bring a starting safety from Purdue and, and uh, a linebacker from Central Florida and a corner from Michigan State and, you know, go get these talented dudes that are looking for a fresh start. But it only works. It only goes so far if they can all, you know, come together quickly. And and all signs point to that being the case. I mean, this is a team that, that really has good chemistry. They they like each other. They get along great. They, they're, they're in it together. Um, I talked recently to a handful of those new guys about, you know, is there is there less of a burden on your shoulders um, basically over what has been a miserable decade of college football here because you weren't a part of it? You know, you you don't have to sit there and wear that like this is your first time here. And so you're zero and zero and you don't have that loser mentality attached to mm-hmm. you. And, and mostly uh, across the board, they all said, you know, well, we're a team, though, you know, this that that's our past too. Now we came here, we're part of this. And a lot of these guys were here for that stuff. And and so what they felt and what they still feel, we feel now. And, and we've taken that on and, and, you know, that, that to me speaks about that buy-in and that culture. And then obviously the chemistry of, of just a group that, that sees the same vision and, and wants to, wants to go grind together and, and fight for it. And, and, you know, we'll see how it works, but, but there's a lot of reason to believe they've upgraded on that side of the ball too. Uh, to the point where it, it, it could at least benefit them if they want to play the style that you talked about, which is, you know, control the game on offense, run the right. football. You don't need a defense to pitch a shutout. You just need a defense to be capable of getting some stops. And and in the past, we haven't seen a whole lot of that here. All right, Matt, where can people find you and your work? Uh, KUSports.com is the website, and uh, that's the Lawrence Journal World here in Lawrence. That's our paper. That's our KU-specific site. And obviously, my Twitter handle is right there. I love and hate Twitter as much as anybody. So uh, I'm there all the time, for better or worse. But, yeah, that's uh, that's where our coverage will be. And it's crazy that it's here. Um, you know, we're, we're closing in on less than two weeks now. And um, they open on a Friday night, which is uh, always kind of weird. But it, it should be it should be a good night. I mean, there's a lot at stake. They're still talking conference realignment around here. They're worrying about the future. They need stadium upgrades. I mean, there's a lot of noise around Kansas football that isn't just about talent and wins and losses and coaching. Um, so there's a lot at stake. But, you know, that first one against Tennessee Tech is, uh, man, th- that should be it should be easy. It should be easy. Yeah, if it's not, so. Then we see yeah. uh, a whole different season playing out pretty quickly. But but it should be a feel-good night for fans. And we'll see how many people are there. That's always the interest to me. Uh, the opener is, is interesting because – there's a lot of optimism, but who, who actually takes the time to show up and go, you know, and, and that's a, that's always a bigger question. So it, it's here though. It's crazy. I, I, uh, I think the summer went way too fast, but I think that every year. So uh, we might as well dive full into football. So thanks for having me. And, and yeah, KUSports.com is where we will cover the Jayhawks all year. Appreciate you, Matt Tate, uh, for taking some time with us today. Thank you. Take care.